This episode is brought to you in part by the Major Spoilers VIP members around the world. We thank them for their support of Major Spoilers and the Major Spoilers Podcast Network. If you'd like to become a bronze, silver, or gold VIP member, go to members.majorspoilers.com and sign up today. Thank you in advance. The Major Spoilers Podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue welcome back we got news reviews and views you can use and we're clever and funny and easy to schmooze comic-con wrap-ups red sonia peruse and a dwayne johnson movie that might be a snooze groot and the raccoon awaiting your views and like scooby and shaggy will follow the clues join the amazing steven your friendly neighborhood matthew and rodrigo 2099 in a spectacular sensational astonishingly uncanny episode because the major spoilers podcast is on the air Welcome to issue 584 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for sharing this episode with a friend. And most of all, for those of you doing your back-to-school shopping now, thanks for using that link over at Major Spoilers to uh, Amazon.com. You click on that banner over at Majorspoilers.com. Takes you to Amazon. You can buy all your school supplies, your backpacks, Rodrigo, your uh, number two pencils, uh-huh. your uh, slates. The trapper keepers. Yep, your slates that you can write on uh, uh-huh. during... For some uh, reason, they always have to have those antibacterial... Uh, Cloroxy wipe things. Yeah, those are a good thing to have so you don't get don't, sick. Protractor. They make us. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, safety goggles for yeah. your protect, protractor. Yeah. Put Cost you all the goggles. same same price. Nice. Cost you all the same. A little bit comes our way and allows us to do shows like this each and every week and allow us to do so much more like our San Diego co- Comic-Con coverage yeah. that we did for wow. the last you know week and a half or whatever it was. Wow. Yeah, you guys knocked it out of the park. Yeah, there was, was, a, lot of, there was a lot of news. What I like about doing it and the way that we do it is that um, a lot of times we're getting stories up before other people are getting them up. Mm -hmm. So like some other big sites, they're just talking about Star Wars comics coming out from Marvel today. And we were talking about it, you know, three, four days ago um, or the, you know, just whatever the stories may be. Like, for example, this story that um, um, let me find it here. Mile High Comics. (gasps) I heard about that. Announced that they won't be returning to the convention next year. And this was this was a surprise. Now, everybody who follows um, his Chuck. le- Chuck's um, email or his website knew ahead of time. But somebody sent me this email and said, hey, did you see his latest email? And you might want to you might want to share. And I was like, yeah, that's a good, good story. And then, of course, everyone else started reporting on it. But basically, Chuck uh, Rosansky, Rosansky uh, at Mile High Comics out of Denver. Basically says he's turning 60 years old, and sadly, he's been going to Comic-Con for 42 years happily. But sadly, it may have to come to a close because last evening they will suffer, as of last evening, they will suffer a loss of $10,000 for the San Diego Comic-Con. Out of now, pocket. That's just amazing. Yeah. That's now, what's interesting is, the one factor I would ask that you especially note when you read my first essay is the fact that over the entire seven-booth display that we're operating at this year's San Diego a convention was first premiered six weeks ago at the Denver Comic-Con. Despite our having about 20,000 fewer comics available in Denver and that convention being only three days long with half the number of attendees of San Diego, our sales per hour in Denver were double what they are here. That made all the difference as we turned a reasonable profit in Denver as opposed to a massive loss in San Diego. 
So where does this leave us? As much as I hate to admit this, it now seems obvious to me that we finally have to end a lifetime of exhibiting at San Diego and instead seek out relatively popular comic conventions in other cities, especially conventions where our publisher friends choose not to exhibit. Doesn't that uh, thought just drip with irony? Comic publishers have evolved to become toxic to their own retailers. Who would ever have thought that would happen? Even with all my many years of experience, I simply cannot believe that our world has now been so perverted by the mania for exclusive variants that comic retailers can now only survive in the absence of the very publishers we support. No matter how you look at this, this is profoundly sad. Now, I'm just kind of going through his very long letter to right. to fans, but basically uh, he was talking about how a publisher friend of his came up and said how they were doing such a great job at the show because they had all these exclusive variants that people were mm-hmm. spending their money on. Mm-hmm. And he pointed out, ah, that's interesting because we don't have any of those variants and we're not making any money. Right. And so his argument is because these publishers are selling these exclusive variants right. and toys and exclusives and whatever that they're doing at the San Diego Comic-Con, yep. that's what they're doing to to cover their booth cost. Mm-hmm. And people like San Diego Comic-Con, uh, or I'm sorry, Mile High Comics, yeah. can't do that. Now, and, I don't know. Now, he, I think he's got some valid points in his in his mm-hmm. letter. I think that, though, San Diego Comic-Con still has, and we've been saying it for years, been focusing more on other things, more uh, right. properties related to comics and pop right. culture and not comics themselves. And I point this out. I mentioned this on we do a live show or I do a live show on Fridays called Finally Friday where you get a call in and you get to interact with us. But I mentioned on Finally Friday that one of the websites that I follow, one of the YouTube channels that I follow is Tested.com. These are the guys that do uh, Mythbusters. Mm-hmm. And they were yeah. doing a Wednesday night preview thing. And the two guys that basically host that channel were running around going, oh, look, Lego. Oh, look, Hasbro. Oh, look, Star Wars. Oh, look, there's comics down there. We're not going to go down there. Let's get back in a line for toys. And it was kind of like, oh. yeah, I understand the joke. But that. That one little line that was joke, and I got the joke, and I thought, yeah, funny, but it really hit home what the San Diego Comic-Con especially has become more of a media and ancillary product event Mm. than something that really focuses on comics. I mean, when you look at the Hall H exhibit, uh, especially on Saturday, what did you have? You started out with Warner Brothers. With the and we'll get to the Warner Brothers panel, but then that was followed by Hobbit, followed by Legendary, followed by... Um, some TV show, a uh, box trolls, I think was followed by that. There was another one in there. And then it finally wrapped up with Marvel studios. Well, yes, Marvel studios and Warner brothers have comic book properties, properties. but they weren't there to talk about the brand new ongoing spider woman cartoon to 6,500 people. They were there to talk about comic comic. Uh, yes. Comics. They were there to talk about the Hobbit. They mm-hmm. were there to talk about dragons. They were talking about TV shows and movies, not comics. And I think with San Diego specifically, I think that's become a bigger and bigger issue and concern that, yeah, let's celebrate. I mean, I tell you what, I got super excited. I mean, I was jazzed for five days Mm -hmm. over all this coverage that we were doing and the the big trash can full of uh, energy drinks also probably say something to that. (laughs) But I was like, yeah, this is exciting. This is wonderful. This is great. I'm loving this stuff. You know, I get really excited about Comic-Con and and especially the San Diego Comic-Con and I think it's something that we celebrate and it's something that we embrace. But I also think that there's this reality of it's become something that celebrates the look and feel of comics without necessarily celebrating the actual paper Mm -hmm. 
physical comic book that we hold or, in our or hand. even the digital comics well, or even the digital comics but yeah i mean there's a lot of comic book panels there mm-hmm. but again as i mentioned last week a lot of that is just hype on what's to come without any real substance well and i think, and I think the, that, oh go ahead go ahead matthew no you're up go ahead what when you look at comic-con the name comic-con really is a misnomer and i think for the last at least 15 years it's been really a multimedia convention right and what what we're seeing is when you bring multiple media together, you have a movie that reaches 2 million people. Right. You have a, an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show that reaches, what, 750,000 people. You have a Nick Fury comic book, if you had one, or a monthly Avengers comic book that reaches 50,000 people yeah. at best. Yeah. So I think what, what we're really running into is not so much that comics are getting sidelined, it's that they're, you know, they're going for that larger audience. The biggest audience gets served most. And I think to some degree, I expect to see San Diego Comic-Con stop calling itself Comic-Con. No, Probably, they, they, you know, they won't. They the won't. No, they clearly won't not because yeah, recently. Yeah, we'll get into that. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I wanted you to comment on this because you had a theory or a question on. Well, I, on, wanted, I wanted to to talk about the. I mean, basically that. That's that's basically what I was getting at when we talked about it uh, before the show. Is is this a somebody kind of voicing the like the vox populi, if that's even mm-hmm. the right yeah. uh, way of putting it? Voice of people, sure. Of um, basically saying, uh, San Diego Comic Con is not for comics anymore. Yeah, um, and, and I think and I think it very much is, and and honestly. Um, I think Mile High, because the San Diego Comic-Con is such a prestigious event, um, Mile High kept trying, but I bet you that it has been years since there's been any, uh, amount of people that go to the, specifically to the San Diego Comic-Con to find back issues, to find rare comics. Right. You know, that's, people aren't necessarily going to Hey, how much is it to get in? Fifty bucks? Uh, it's a lot more than that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Five hundred bucks, something like that per per day, something ridiculous yeah. like that to go in and maybe find that Flash well, thirty six that you're looking for. Yeah. So when my wife and I went years ago, occasionally, I mean, we went to see the entire spectacle of this thing, sure. and we tried to embrace and engage in as much of it as it was possible. But we waited until Sunday afternoon. Before we went and looked for comic books, because that's when vendors are like, I'm not carrying this 15 tons worth of comics back to Chicago. I'm selling these off for five of them for a penny. Um, But there are some very rare comics that show up there. There was one uh, Detective Comics uh, 27 that was something like $18,000 that they were selling at a booth. Uh, Okay, nobody's going to buy that unless it's a movie star who's just so dying to or celebrity that has that kind of money that just is dying to get it on one place. But you're waiting until the end of the show to buy it when people are slashing their prices. With Chuck, there was a uh, – what was it called? There was a, a, a documentary made. Oh, it's Comic-Con A New Hope. Uh, Comic-Con Episode 4 A New Hope I think is what it's called. Uh, it's been out a couple of years. And in that, they follow the hopes and dreams of people who are going to the San Diego Comic-Con in hopes of making it big. Mm-hmm. And one of the people that they follow is Mile High Comics. And even – and I want to say this was like two years ago, two and a half years ago, maybe three years ago that this movie came out. Um, even then, Mile High Comics is featured in there and Chuck is featured in there. And even then, he was losing $10,000. Yeah. So this is something that's been ongoing for him uh, for yeah. a while. So this isn't the first time that this has suddenly popped up. 
But it's interesting that he's making this proclamation right at the end of the Comic-Con when it's going to get some big press. Just like I think it's also interesting that Salt Lake City Mm. Comic-Con tells the world that the San Diego Comic-Con sent them a cease and desist over the use of the word Comic-Con. Right. And that's and that's what I was getting at, that I don't think San Diego Comic-Con is going to let go of the term Comic-Con anytime soon because they're clearly very zealous about guarding their trademark. So what happened was, and this is the way that I've kind of followed the story um, when it first broke on Saturday, the biggest day of the convention. Uh, I think we were the second or third site to report on it. Uh, The outhouse uh, had the story first. Um, But essentially, the way it broke down was... The Salt Lake City Comic Con people were going to take one of their cars with the Salt Lake City Comic Con banner all wrapped around it down to the show. And San Diego said, no, please don't do that. That's not something we would prefer since it's our show to promote somebody else's show. And they're like, yeah, okay, fine. Uh, And then they then they got the cease and desist. Now, I have a feeling that the cease and desist probably came a couple of weeks ago or a week or two ago. And because it's Comic Con is in the big spotlight. Let's let's send out this press release now saying, hey, they told us we can't use the word Comic-Con anymore. Of course, um, Comic-Con International, which is what most people call uh, San Diego Comic-Con. It's actually Comic-Con International colon San Diego, which is interesting because they don't do any other um, international else? conventions with that Comic-Con International logo. They do WonderCon yes. and they do the Ape. Uh Forty some years, they've had plenty of opportunity to do this. It's like uh, the World Series. Yeah, um, yeah. It only features two countries, yeah. uh, or in this case, one one city, San Diego. So anyway, their their argument is, hey, we already own the trademark on Comic Con, and so therefore you can't use it. So the trade there is a trademark, even though the press release that Salt Lake City sent out says that they don't have a trademark. They were actually awarded a trademark in two thousand seven for Comic Hyphen Con. Salt Lake City does not use the hyphen in their mm-hmm. Comic-Con. So that's one way that they could potentially get out of it, although CCI says that we own the variations of that. A lot of people have argued, no, you can't own a, a, a common word like Comic-Con. Uh, they went after the Chicago Comic-Con in 2005 and lost mm. um, because Comic-Con was – they were using the hyphen in there. There's the New York Comic-Con. Right. But that's you know all the way in New York. That's a far distance from the West Coast. And so, therefore, it's not really a competitor. Interesting. Right? Uh, Chicago Comic Con's a lot closer, and at one time was the third largest, second largest Comic Con. At one time, the Chicago Comic Con. No, no, no. I, I'm, not, I'm not questioning its size. I'm, I'm saying, is Chicago, is Chicago going to be that much closer to San Diego than New York? So, if you look at East Coast, mm-hmm. okay, so you're at a New York Comic Con, you're going to mostly in Boston and all these other Comic Cons, you're going to get East Coast people, and there's a lot of people on the East Coast. Sure. When you move to Chicago, you're getting all of the Midwest. So true. essentially, Salt Lake City to Illinois yeah. and down to Texas, you have the potential to draw those people in. San Diego is bringing Hollywood down, right? Right. So, um, at one, you know, basically, they lost their their claim to um, to the Chicago Comic Con, and there's a number of other people that use Comic Con. Um, some of them use Kami, C-O-M-I-C-O-N, uh, for Comic-Con. Other people use it without the hyphen. Other people say Comic Convention. I think what's interesting about this is this is only, I think, the third year that the Salt Lake City Comic-Con is coming up in September. 
uh, and they have two events a year. They went to two a year for their event. Uh, the first, the first one that, or the last one that they had, not Fanex, uh, because that's something else. That's kind of like a wizard kind of mm-hmm. meet meet the celebrities kind of thing. But the one that they had last September brought in a hundred thousand people Ooh. in one weekend. San Diego Comic Con brings in. I haven't seen numbers for this event, which is surprising because they normally release that on Sunday. Mm-hmm. 150 to 170,000 people. Wow. So what happened was last September, Salt Lake City Comic Con became the third largest comic convention in the country. The third largest comic convention, which has got 100,000 people, is doing two shows a year. They're expanding their show space for this year's convention and could bring in close to 170,000 people. Are they having it up at the Snowbird? No, they're not. (laughs) They're not having it at Snowbird. But the convention center is massive and huge, and they Mm -hmm. expanded the space. They didn't even use all the space that they had last year, but they're using most of it this year. 170,000 people is what they're expecting. If they bring in 170,000 people, suddenly San Diego Comic-Con is not that big. Yeah. Is not the big gorilla in the room. And so I'm wondering if part of this cease and desist is to it's a shot as a shot of we need to remain number one. You leave us alone because really it's about a two hour plane flight from Los Angeles to uh, Salt Lake City. Yeah. And and they're going to go where the hype is. Right. Yeah. So. You yeah. Know. So I, I just find that I find this whole thing very fascinating. I'm going to be interested to see how it plays out because trademark is a a very weird thing, especially when it comes to. As the CCI people said, hey, when someone's violating our trademark, we need to protect it. Well, if you've got the hyphen and they don't, there's not a violation of trademark there. Right. Um, people have been using Comic-Con. So you've no, lost – I they, mean you've lost control like aspirin, Kleenex, Xerox. Spam. Spam. You've lost control of that. And I think that's what's going to happen here. This is a weird – this is one of the weirdest stories out of uh, San yeah. Diego. It's a meta story. It like, is. It, it really is. I mean, it is kind of like it is. We want to be we want to remain number one. And anyone who threatens us, we're going to go after you is what it feels like. With this weird eye from our <laughs> the weird Illuminati eye, yes. the all seeing yes. Comic-Con eye, eye Sauron, the all Sauron Comic-Con eye. eye. Uh, another weird story. Uh, that just slipped my mind. The other weird story. That came out of Comic-Con that I thought was really strange. Uh, we were just talking about. Was it? Oh, Legend of Korra. Yeah, I was going to say, was it that one thing I care about? Yes. <laughs> so we've talked about this a couple of times in a couple of different podcasts and right. a couple of different places that Cartoon Network. Nope. Nickelodeon. I'm sorry. Nickelodeon just basically shot themselves in the right. foot with Legend of Korra season three this year. They... Gave us a one-week notice that the new season was going to premiere on on Nickelodeon. And they were putting it on a Friday night, 7 o'clock Friday night, when Mm -hmm. most people are out doing things. Now, granted, one could argue that, hey, X-Files was on at primetime on a Friday night. Look how well it did. Not the first three seasons it didn't. Well, and it's a cartoon. So kids are home on a Friday night watching cartoons. Yeah, and, you you know, most people my age, too, are home at night. Um. (laughs) But they they gave it a one week promotion. Not even they didn't even promote it that good. No, they haven't released it digitally. They didn't release it on their website, and then they're surprised that the ratings are so low. Yeah, and so this has gone on for what four weeks now. Yeah, they made the announcement 
on Friday at the Legend of Korra panel that, well, we're not going to air any more episodes of Legend of Korra on on our channel. Yeah. And if you want to see it, you need to go over to our website yeah. or one of our approved media outlets. So, so good news, guys. You can now find all episodes no. of season three of Legend of Korra. I don't think you can because they said they were still going to release them one a week on the website. Yeah, all episodes but so, it's so not far. All, yeah, it's not going to be thrown up there right, like right. Netflix does right. with their stuff. Um, but, of course, the bad news is that the show's been canceled, and this is probably the last we're it, ever going to see of it. It hasn't been canceled. That's the main thing that Nickelodeon wanted to put out. And even the creators of, of Korra <laughs> put it out on their Twitter space to say, hey, we want to be clear – the show's not canceled. Right. The distribution method has just <laughs> They're been changed. They're just not airing it anymore. Here's what I think is going to be the cool thing that comes out of this. They have a way to track their downloads. Sure. They're going to find that more people are downloading the show from Nick or from their iTunes or from wherever that they're partnered with to release this. I think Hulu is one of them. I don't remember all the places. I doubt it. They're going to find out that they're going to have more downloads of the show through their digital process than... They have subscriber, uh, subscribe, regular subscribers on their channel. Mm -hmm. That's what they're going to find out. So if I go back to our all-seeing Illuminati eye, right. I think this was a, I think this is a test. I honestly think Nickelodeon said the way, same way that the music industry said, no one's going to legally buy our stuff off the why when they can be a cable channel. I think Nickelodeon is is using this as a test. To seriously test out the new distribution of their shows, they will put them on the website and their digital outlets first, and then six months later, they will decide to re-air them on their cable channel. I think, I think to say that this is a test is correct, but only in the sense that that one time that you like drove out to the store uh wearing nothing but like shorts and flip-flops and a t-shirt and then your car broke down <laughs> and it started pounding rain and you had to like walk somewhere to make a call it's that sort of test it's not the sort of yeah. test they planned for i don't know i don't know if i, I, don't, I don't know if I, I don't think so, so here's if it is a test i think it was somebody premeditated the murder of the legend of cora tv show on the cable channel where they basically said where they basically said, we want this to be a digital distribution because then we have a worldwide audience that we can get 100% of the advertising dollars from and not have to split it with our cable partners or our local cable channels. And they purposefully screwed over the launch and distribution of this season specifically to have the higher-ups who aren't paying attention go, oh, this show's tanking. Why are we doing this? Somebody got a solution? Yes, let's just release the rest of the season online. And then when it goes out online and they have the high numbers, they can come back and say, look, boss, this is the way This is the way we need to be doing it in, uh, in uh, Cora City or whatever the name of the city in is. Republic in city. Republic City. Uh, people want it on digital and they want it now. I, I, honestly, think that's a, I honestly think that's what they're doing. Wow. And that, if, is some, and if, that is some cloak and dagger stuff right there. It, I would, might it wouldn't surprise me. For, but for one thing. Oh, because I, I'm giving too much credit to the network executives for having brains to come up with a plot like that? No. This is Nickelodeon's MO. I am I am someone who has to watch Nickelodeon to get my Power Rangers. Nickelodeon does stupid crap like this. And my daughter was a huge fan of Sam and Cat, which was just recently canceled in the wake of massive, uh, you know, by, by all accounts, massive multi-leveled mismanagement of both the production yeah. and the scheduling of the show 
to where they ended up, you know, slamming all these things together and go, no, wait, oh, hey, hey. And they canceled the show literally three months after they stopped production. And the creators basically seemed to think that it was canceled at that point in time. The same with Power Rangers. If you watch Power Rangers, they don't tell you when the new season is going to start and stop. Yeah. And each season is broken into segments where they air like seven episodes and then they stop. Then they yep. air like seven more episodes and then they stop. Yep. Nickelodeon is notorious for Jack Wagonry like this. So Yeah, I, I would, maybe it's just a stupid – maybe they're just stupid over there. Maybe, I don't know what it is. Nick, but, I agree. I, mean, I think I Nickelodeon think the, is, handled, is handled by idiots. I they, think the first – I think the premiere of Legend of Korra had something like a million and a half viewers or something like that. Something like that. That's pretty good. Well, yeah, for a Friday night when there's baseball or whatever going on. On Nickelodeon. On, on a Nickelodeon. Yeah, yeah that's win. really good. I'm, I'm going to I'm just going to say that if they would if they this is a, this is a conspiracy to so that they can go, hey, this is the way we should be distributing the show. And or, you notice and so notice that go, the. I didn't read all of the transcript from the panel, mm -hmm. but the creators didn't seem to totally freaked out about it. I mean, they were no, upset. They they didn't, but this is what uh, Brian Konietzko mm -hmm. and uh, his last name is DiMartino. Right, right, right. He's got like... Is it four. Brian? Is his name Brian? No, too? Brian... No. Stevie I've, Ray? Yes. yes. Stevie Ray DiMartino. Okay. Um, we'll just call him that. Uh, this is their baby. They're not, right, right. I don't, they're not Nickelodeon guys. Right. Like, for example, you know, you look at Cartoon Network. Mm -hmm. Cartoon Network had, you know, Adventure Time. And out of the Adventure Time team, we've gotten, like, at least two or three other shows. Right. From that group that was then, like, they're like, oh, Rebecca Sugar, we'll give you your own show. And right. other guy, we'll give you your Uncle Grandpa. Um, yeah. But... These guys, they're the the Avatar guys, right? So they came to Nickelodeon with the show, I think. Yeah, and that's I, I that's don't know. how it all got I'd started. Have to, I'd have to go. And so look and see if who they lose the this show, they're not necessarily going like Nickelodeon's not going to go like, okay, we're just going to move you to something else. Right, right, right. Like, so they need to keep a brave face but about the show. They could be saying if they own all the rights, which I'm not sure that they do. I don't know, but however it's licensed and agreed upon, mm -hmm. maybe they're like. Fine. We're going to take this over to Cartoon Network, which well, does a better job at distributing stuff. Well, and here's the thing. Before the show, we were talking about it, and I, I, I uh, told Steven that this was such a Fox move on yeah, Nickelodeon's yeah. part, right? Because yeah. that's what Fox does. <laughs> Fox takes its uh, the shows that could be doing best for it and then kills them yeah. by mismanaging them. Yeah. It happened with Family Guy. It happened with Futurama. Mm -hmm. so, it happened with Firefly. Uh, yeah. All of this stuff that aside from firefly well which <laughs> which then got turned into a movie yeah, so yeah. shut up nerds <laughs> um eventually got either picked up somewhere else or well yeah i mean basically got picked up somewhere else you know fox started doing family guy again because of its right uh support on on uh, on cable mm -hmm. and futurama and eventually got handed to comedy central right. to keep producing it because of that support so we can hope that something like that could happen if Nickelodeon is just like, nah, yeah, it underperformed. We don't want it anymore. I hope they, I hope the creators come back and say, hey, guys, we need $5 million to do book four, and we're going to kickstart it, and we're going to distribute it, and it's going to be online, and here's, here's the method we're going to do it. And I think that would be awesome. I'd like yeah. to see that. 
because I honestly, I've said this before in this show, and I've said it before in real life. Nickelodeon is not in the business of making shows successful. Nickelodeon is in the business of draining those shows for whatever they can get. Yeah. And granted, I mean, that's true of any cable network, sure. But I think that Nickelodeon specifically thinks that, you know, expects a short time frame. It's kind of the Mort Weisinger theory of comics. We'll reuse this plot from two years ago because the kids who read it two years ago are already old enough that they don't remember it now. Yep. It's that it's that cyclical nature of, of their business. And quite frankly, their schedulers are idiots. But I'm just waiting for somebody to say that this is a big conspiracy to take down a show with a female protagonist. Oh, well, this is, is definitely when you've got so few well, female protagonists on TV. On Nickelodeon. Well, anyway. on any TV channel. I mean, you've got you've got other female leads, but there is also a male lead next to them. Look at Bones. Look at CSI. Right, sure, sure. Look at all these things. Yeah. Somebody, Bones yes. isn't really an entertainment program. Bones is just like <laughs> something to keep your grandmother awake. We've got a we've got a lot more uh, Comic Con stories to cover, but uh, we're going to sprinkle in some of our reviews this week. So I was going to review the brand new Red Sonia number zero, except Dynamite didn't send it to us, and I think oh. they're still hungover from Comic Con. Yeah. So I was going through, and I've read I've read the uh, Jiro uh, Kuwata Kuwaita uh, Bat Manga series from the 1960s before I read the. Uh, Lord, oh, Lord Deathman stuff uh, before. Yes. But what DC is doing is they're taking the entire stuff, the entire run that he did, and they're releasing them as single issues. And so this week I picked up um, Batman, the Batmanga collection. This is issue number four. This is so if, if you guys want to figure out what this is all about, this is the 1960s Batman, Adam West Batman, the costume, at least same way with Robin. Done in a Japanese manga style. So sometimes the art is super, super detailed, and sometimes it's crazy, you know, cutesy. Uh, super deformed. Super deformed stuff. So if you guys haven't read Lord Deathman, uh, Batman, the Brave and the Bold, did a version of that in their animated series at one point. Yes, and it was amazing. And I think you can find the complete version online for free if you look. And it is trippy, and it's crazy, and it is wonderful. This one, a scientist is trying to create a device that repairs skin, basically removes all wrinkles from skin. And he's saying, oh, this will be great for people that uh, are burn victims that need skin grafts. Uh, we can even remove the, the wrinkles from old ladies. And then he turns on the device and it blows up in his face and melts his face away. And he goes crazy and starts shooting up the city and becomes Dr. Faceless. One could argue he becomes the manga version of Two-Face in this. Mm. So in this case, uh, Batman and Robin are trying to track him down, and he decides that he is going to destroy um, all this art in the museum because that's where beautiful faces are seen. And so Batman and Robin get there, and a big fight ensues, and cliffhanger episode, just like you would expect uh, in this series. This is crazy stuff, people. If you want to, if you think you know Batman and know everything about Batman, if you have not checked out the Bat manga stuff, go get this. It's available digitally now. It is so much fun. It's black and white for the most part. There are sometimes a, a few pages that have some coloring in it, um, but it is it is crazy stuff from the 1960s. And if I remember correctly, DC kind of forgot that they had licensed Batman to this Japanese uh, uh, creator. Mm-hmm. And it is 
it is a treat. I'm giving the Batman, the Batman, uh, Jiro, I want to say his name is Jiro Kuwata is the creator. How is it spelled? K-U-W-A-T-A. Kuwata. Kuwata. Um, I'm giving this four slices of meatloaf. It is, it is really that crazy. Uh, and that fun. It's worth your time. And of course it's manga. So you have to read it backwards, even in your digital digital environment, which is why I liked reading it on comiXology, because if you forget which order to read it, you could just go into single panel mode and just click to the next panel and you're reading it in order regardless. Mm -hmm. So that was, that's kind of cool. And I, and I like that a lot. Uh, Speaking of digital comics, this was my biggest story that I had coming out of Comic-Con was the fact that comiXology is now mostly DRM free, meaning that if you purchase something from comiXology, you have the ability to download a digital backup of that comic and store it in either a PDF file or a CBZ file format. Mm-hmm. Big deal. This is a big deal because all this time we've been saying that, yes, Comixology is great. All these electronic digital copies are great. But where do they reside and how do we – you know, what happens if a computer crashes or what happens if Comixology goes out of business? What are we going to do with our comics? Well, now you can download them onto your hard drive. Well – You can download most of them onto your hard drive. Right. At the time that Comixology made their announcement, the companies that are on board are Image Comics, Dynamite Entertainment, Zenoscope Entertainment, Monkey Brain Comics, Thrill Bent, and Top Shelf Productions. Um, There's no Boom Studios on this list. There's no – Image? Image is on the list. They're the first ones. Okay. But there's obviously no Marvel and obviously no DC Comics. Uh, I hear through the grapevine – that there will probably be another dozen or so com- companies that are announced very soon. Sure. Archie's not on this list. Um, and then I think over time there will be pressure for Marvel and DC to do the same thing. Oh, what yeah. do you think? You think they're going to go on with this? Eventually, when everybody else is there, they'll be I would like, think. I would think, you know, Marvel was the first company to step out and say – when the iPad was released, they're like, oh, yes, by the way, we're Marvel Comics. We have all of our comics that you can go through this service called Comixology and read your comics digitally. Sure, because Comixology was like, hey, guys, there's no way that someone's going to pirate your comics. True. Because that's the thing is DC oh, yeah. and Marvel are still operating like it's the 60s. No, they know that people are pirating their comics because yes. there are times when, especially now that uh, yeah. Diamond has this Tuesday night delivery system or Tuesday afternoon <laughs> delivery system. You can go on Tuesday night to the to the torrent sites and you can find the issues that come out tomorrow already uploaded. Yeah, but but that's the thing is the the difference. Or so I hear. The difference is not are people do they know or are people pirating their comics? Of course they are. The difference is their approach to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Marvel and DC for now are going to continue to take a like 1990s we hate Napster approach yeah, to yeah, yeah. it. As opposed to all these other guys who are like, well, let's just give it to them. Well, and here's let's the just interesting. Have them pay for that and give it to them. Here's the interesting thing: of those companies that I mentioned, all of them already have options to digitally download those comics and purchase them through their site. So, like, if you go over to Image Comics, for example, mm-hmm. you don't have to go through Comicsology to buy your digital comic. You can go directly to Image Comics and you can pay a dollar less for the digital version, and you get it in a PDF or or a CBZ format. In fact, all of these companies mm-hmm. have some form of Free, you know, not free, but pay and download. Yep. And it's working for them. So it makes sense that Comixology would go on board with this. I'm just hoping that Marvel and DC will do this as well. And I've already started doing. I've got like 250 plus comics that I'm in the process of downloading. No, I'm sorry. 250 pages, 20 on each page, I believe is what it is. So I've been downloading 20 them since. Comics? 20 comics on each page. 
So yeah, there's probably like five thousand comics that I'm downloading mm-hmm. as backups, oh, right. and they're fine. They they look fine. Open them up PDF. Download the CBZ. Download them both if you want. I mean, I've got digital readers. Uh, the uh, Comic Lover app that I use opens them up fine. Yep. So and it sorts them and stores them. And it's easy to get to. What do you think of this, Rodrigo? Does this encourage you now to go and buy? More digital comics? I mean, you're a big... You, I mean, you don't read a lot from Marvel or DC, but you read Image and that's, that's, some of these other companies. That's true. I mean, uh, my current Comixology collection is a mixed bag, mostly because um, it's the majority is stuff that we do for the site mm-hmm. so or for the podcast. So it's just whatever Steven says, I, like, I go buy it. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, this does make it so that it, this does make it more attractive for me um because i'm still kind of like weirdly this new wave of the future is more accommodating for troglodytes like me mm-hmm. who might not always have internet access right or something like that like i like like i take my ipad to places where there isn't internet right so that i can look at things so which means i have to download everything i'm possibly going to need onto it right before i can use it yep. So, I mean, this sort of thing actually is helpful. And yeah. I, I, I guess currently Comixology does that yes. through their app. Yes. You can just download mm-hmm. it onto your thing. But um, this is a conversation that we've had for a long time is right. what happens when Comixology is not available? Do I own this comic? And I think even if we download it, I still don't own this comic. But if it's just a PDF, they can't stop me from right. They're doing not going to send I out a destruct it. code right, that right. Uh, that will prevent you from from opening not up yet. the comic in the future. Right. What's nice about this is they specific in the press release. They're basically saying, "Hey, don't don't steal comics, don't share these," and they don't say for sure, but they pretty much imply that there is a digital watermark in the comic that is traced back to your account. So if they go onto the Onto the uh, torrent sites, and they find Batman twenty. Well, let's uh, let's use uh, uh, Grimm's Fairy Tales number two hundred, mm-hmm. one hundred. Uh, and they open it up, and they say, "Oh, well, all these other people are downloading this file. Let's see who it is. It is Rodrigo Lopez. Rodrigo. Then you're then you're going to get a little bit of trouble. Yeah, because I know what a torrent is. Yes, there you go. It's right. that. Uh, what is it? The eleventh eleventh <clears throat> month of the year is the torrents. Yes. yes. Okay. Comes right after the ites. There you go. Uh, the other interesting thing that I think about this is it will be nice if Archie Comics and Dark Horse come back into the Comicsology fold now that they're offering this. Matthew, you have some thoughts? I do, and I think that this is something. This is the kind of thing that could convince me to really embrace the digital side of comics. Because knowing that I own a copy, the whole reason that I collect comics in the first place is so I can own a copy of these cool stories and go read them. Now, I have an entire room dedicated to my comics, and it's you know been about five years since my comic collection has been officially too big, too big to manage, too big to deal with. If I have the option to go and buy from Comixology when they have their sales or something. Yeah, they had a Robin sale going on today. And over the yeah. 75th... Uh, birthday of batman they had had all the batman titles you could buy them all for 750 bucks a buck a piece so i buy i buy 750 bucks i have 75 years of batman comics that i can access and read and keep on my digital storage stuff that that's the kind of thing where i can go you know a few years ago i sold all of my miracle man comics because i didn't have any money and i'm like i can go and 
go to Comixology, in theory, if Marvel were to jump in, and replace those comics with digital copies that I could read forever. That's kind of cool to me. That that actually would convince me, strangely enough, of the collectible side of online uh, comic book reading, you know. So, yeah, I think that's a really good idea. The question that I have, though, is, you know, it's one thing to say we discourage piracy. How are they going to respond if and when? I, I probably should say pretty, when pretty easy. starts. Pretty easy. They shut down your account. Slap them. Shut down your account. Boom, Sorry, you, you can't lose buy comics. access to what you've already bought? They just say we're shutting down your account. You don't have access well, to any of this presumably, stuff anymore. Presumably not any PDFs that you've already downloaded. Well, not the PDFs that you downloaded, but you can't get into your account. So if you haven't downloaded them, you can't buy any more from them. Who knows what they're going to do? Here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, like you said, you're not stopping – like nobody is stopping anyone from pirating right. these comics. Right. Right. So this is a shift – from this how are we going to protect the ip to how do we provide the best service i think that's what they're doing here they're saying oh you know what this whole amazon thing has really kicked us in the shins and i bet that it has well i Um, think it's it's given them the stability on the plus side it's given them stability to say we're not going to shut down sure it's it's both things right it's like they they it's it's like moving is like moving in with a roommate. It's like you <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you have someone else helping you with the rent, but also there's someone else living in your house. Exactly. Um <laughs> and, and eating the food out of your fridge. So um I think this move is them saying, Hey, all you guys that are pissed off about the Amazon thing, about not being right. able to download things directly onto your iPad, now you can yep. sort of right. And it's um, really for any device. I mean, yeah. Google, yeah. Android, whatever that you may have, Linux systems. Yeah, and that's that's another thing is that now, depending on how you do your syncing, S Y N C H, yeah, you can just download PDFs, put them in a folder, and have any of your devices sync mm-hmm. up to it, as opposed to having to go into the app and download right. them through the app. Exactly. Every time. That's what I like about this Comics Lover app that I use. Mm-hmm. I've Put them all on a central repository. Yep. Any system that I want to go to taps into that and pulls them up. So it's it's really awesome to use. Is that uh, through the Wi-Fi? Or? Yeah, through my Wi-Fi. Yeah, I, I just every oh. everyone is synced to it's everyone. Cloud. Is, it's a it's a network network storage. So they all cloud. they all connected to the hard drive. And so Stephen Cumulus. There. Yes, there you go. So <laughs> when we look at at comic book sales, this is what I'm hoping happens with um, digital comics, and then we'll get to your review, Rodrigo. Um, what I'm hoping is that they that the comic book publishers have this epiphany like the the music retailers have that, you know what, piracy, yeah, it's kind of still going on, but we're still making money from our digital sales. And in 2013, digital sales were really good for comics. Digital sales totaling $90 million in 2013. Nice. For total comics sold, $870 million worth of comics sold. That's a pretty big number. I mean, that's the that's the amount of money that Transformers will make worldwide this summer. Mm-hmm. So in a whole year, comic industry was able to bring in $870 million, $90 million of that through digital sales. Comic store orders of graphic novels were accounted for about $170 million of that. Book channel orders of graphic novels, those are your Barnes & Nobles and your, um, uh, what is it, the uh, B. Dalton's. The B. Dalton's. Mm-hmm. $245 million because they have the large, large stock of that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then $340 million coming from comic book store orders for comic books. So the industry seems to be fairly okay from yeah. those numbers. Yeah, but the, the thing is, is that comics are slow. Yes. Comics, like, again, a, a smart industry would have been like, hey, wait a minute. Why go through the same bumps on the head that the music industry went through? Let's just take <laughs> well, what, it's those it's those idiots the music industry. What do yeah, they know what's going yeah, on? We're the comic just, book publishers. Yeah. Let's just take what they already did and yeah. all the mistakes they already made and let's not make them. But no, it's like you see history repeat itself mm-hmm. as they fight piracy and they like again like try to put in codes and like you can only read our comics on the website and right. like we're going to like flip you're going to f- like we'll flip the pages for you so that you're not like taking pictures of them with your phone mm-hmm. or something like that. It's like, no, guys, you just let people let have it. Happen. it. Just let people yeah. have it. Just let them have it. And money will come in because people want a convenient virus free mm-hmm. way to download things, yep. Yep. which the torrent isn't because there is a barrier to entry. Yep. To the torrents. You that's, have that's to what know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Whereas with iTunes, you don't. Right. With Comicology, you don't. There's trust. Yeah. Same yeah. way with your uh, Amazon Primes, your Kindle Fire subscriptions, and, all of that stuff. And my generation, um, I think. The worst generation. Yes. The laziest, most <laughs> self-gratifying generation is very willing <laughs> To pay for convenience. I think everybody's willing to pay for convenience. Yeah, my that's, generation that's the thing. extra hard, though. I think that's the thing yeah. people don't realize is that people more. are willing to pay yeah. con- for convenience. And in the case of digital comic books, they are willing to pay more because through Comixology, you're paying whatever the, the cover price is. Image Comics, you can go and buy their digital comic for a dollar less from their website. But that means you have to remember to go to the Image Comics website and search through the comics that they have because they don't have a very convenient way of finding right. the, the not issues. Not a good index. Yeah. They don't. Sorry, Image, but that's your site is not super navigable. Uh, the positive thing is this is a, a continuing upward trend of comic book sales. Uh, ICV2 estimates that the market grew from $715 million in 2011 to $805 million in 2012, all the way up to $870 million in 2013. Matthew, are we going to see a cap on comic books uh, sales? Are we going to start to see a decline again, or do you think that we've – that the comics have saturated the market once again, and we're only going to see it go up, 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 up. And eventually, maybe within the next five years, will we see a million dollar, not a million dollars, but um, a million, a million selling selling issues. I don't think we've quite broken the bubble yet. And I think part of that is because there, the thing about comic book sales is they always cycle, but they have historically been cycling down and down and down and down and down. With little peaks back up, I think right now we're in an up cycle that hasn't quite died. In fact, I'd say we're still on the upside of an up cycle in sales. But what's really going to tell us, what's really going to tell us is not just how they make the comics or what they put in the comics. But again, like this comicsology deal, how you have access to the comics. Yeah. Because, you know, Rodrigo and his, are, are you a millennial? We're going to call you a millennial. Yes, I Rodrigo am. and. And his millennial generation are willing to pay for these comics. And it's like they're willing to watch shows like Community, but they do it on their own terms. They'll watch right. it on the Hulu or mm-hmm. watch, right. it, watch it recorded YouTube. later. And YouTube is where it's we, going next. Or Yahoo, it, sorry. 
Yeah, we haven't yet reached the point where the creators, well, the I guess the marketers, the the distributors mm-hmm. are quite able to keep up with those alternate methods. And I think that this is a good first step to accepting it's it's like the store. When we go to the right. store, we have a big sign that says no shoplifting. That's not there to convince a thief not to steal. That's there to keep an honest person honest. If someone goes in, they're walking through the store and they're like, I'm going to buy this comic. There's nobody around. They're like, I could stick it in my coat. They see that sign. They're like, oh, yeah, shoplifting is a crime. I think that making this stuff available and saying, you know, don't share it. Don't illegally download it. Don't be a bad person. You're going to see some of those people who would have gone and used pirated downloads actually willing to pay for it. Now, yeah, obviously, Here, you'll have people who won't. Well, but, but those well, people don't sure. go away. And, and that happens all the time. I mean, people, uh, and, if they're getting something for free. Then they just say, well, I'm getting it for free. Why should I pay for why should I pay for the cow when the milk is free? Right. Is that what they say? Is that how it is? I have no idea. I think more, it's something to do with sex, but I'm not sure. Yeah, well, no, here's the here's the thing. People are willing to pay a portion of those people who were who are downloading illegally wouldn't pay for your product anyway. Right. That is that is the sad result of that. Well, but there's a lot of people that are like, well, I support, uh, you know, Mark Wade and everything that he's doing at Thrillbent. Mark Wade says, well, sure, OK, fine. Give me give me ten dollars a month. I mean, y- you can still download these comics, but you can read them on the website for free. But ten dollars a month and you can download. Well, them. And again, and people are like, what? Mark Wade, you're evil. And it's like, no, he's not. He's just trying well, to. Technically, there a, was a yes. there was a campaign that said he yes. was evil. But, you know, he's just trying to keep his company afloat so that he can provide more well, comics to and, people. And again, that's some that's kind of a generational thing. Like uh, my generation and I'm I'm like one of like we are some of the older millennials, like mm-hmm. even younger guys who are starting to get out of college and starting to come into a little bit of money are perfectly willing to be like, oh, yeah, I love this thing. Here's some money. Right. Like, even though it's free already, it's like, no, no, I support this. This is good. Sounds like a good time to plug uh, members.majorspoilers.com. If you want us to see us continue to do more fine shows like this, Major Spoilers website, Critical Hit, all the shows that we have in the Major Spoilers (laughs) podcast network, we thank everyone who uh, becomes members. And the the number is growing. Become of the Major Spoilers Army and and, uh, allow us to continue to uh, push forward on this. Be cool like us millennials and check your email on your Palm Pilot. There you go. So here's the here's the fascinating thing <laughs> about all of this data, right? If you look at digital sales, $90 million. Comic book store orders of graphic novels, $170 million. The book channels of $245 million. Those together, and we don't know how much of the digitals are, you know, a whole graphic uh, novel, but we can imagine that a lot of that is, hey, I want to buy every single Batman issue for 750 bucks. I want to buy the entire run. You know what? This is adding all those together. That's a heck of a lot more. That's $500 million more than just single issues that are sold. Mm-hmm. Here's what I think is going on, building on our core thing and building on this DRM thing. I really honestly think we're getting to the point where one of these publishers is going to go, you know what? That 12 issue miniseries. Boom, graphic novel, day of release, or here's all the single issues released on the same day digitally. Get them now and read them whenever you want, or you can wait for the next year and we'll release one a month. But I think we're going to get to the point where they're going to say everybody wants this stuff now and they want the complete story now and they don't want to waste. I don't want to say waste, but they don't want to wait 12 months to get the entire story. Here you go. They're going to follow that Netflix model and we're going to see that happen within the next two years. And I think Thrillbent or Monkey Brain are going to be the company to do it. So there you go. Rodrigo, you got a comic book that you read this. Or no, you didn't do a comic book. You went and saw a movie this week. I'm interested in seeing this because um, 
uh, Dwayne Johnson, the rock showed up at Comic-Con and he bought out uh, three uh, theaters worth of seating mm-hmm. so that fans could go and watch Hercules. Yeah. So nice. you went and saw it. I did. How was it? I found myself in uh, the big town this weekend and I was like, well, I've got some time to kill. I'm going to see if there are any movies out and Hercules was out. Um, and I was like, okay, I want to go see this. And I, I knew that the rock was in it, but I didn't know anything about it. Oh, so, okay. um, 10 minutes into the movie, I'm watching this and I was like, this is based on a comic I read. Yeah. The, uh, the Thracian Wars. Wasn't it the blue water production one? I it's, think? um, radical. Oh, radical. Okay. Yeah. So that's like the comic company, right? Which, and then you know it's, it's kind of radical. <laughs> it's totally rad. Um, so how many bald eagles showed up in the movie? None. So already better than Clash of the Titans. So here's the thing: if you like Clash of the Titans, I would say that this is already better than it because that movie was pretty bad. Really? The 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 the, the, the remake. Okay. Um, obviously the original one. I'm a big fan. Yes, of. obviously. Um. <laughs> But uh, it's it's kind of a complicated thing because it's a pretty decent movie. It does something that I really like, which is it takes a um, solo story mm-hmm. and makes it a team movie, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Hercules, the uh, I guess this is kind of the premise of it. It's not a huge spoiler. You you get it pretty early. Part of the legend of Hercules comes from the fact that he actually has a group of people working with him. It's they're basically a highly trained squadron of people. Oh, okay. So like, and an, so it's not but, like a ragtag group of. Well, it kind of is. Fifteen-year-old adopted daughter and uh, kind of yeah, actually really crazy mad scientist. Yeah, actually, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much right. Seriously? On. Yeah. There's, okay. There's an old seer. Okay. Um, who also fights um a like Spartan like ex-soldier an Amazon and then like Hercules's like nephew. Okay. Um and that's the team. Uh-huh. And the nephew is like basically the bard. He's the one who like spins all the stories. He's got glasses into... and blonde hair. No, he doesn't. Uh he actually looks kind of like the rock, which is nice. So points for non-white yeah, Hercules. Yeah. By the way, preview for Exodus. Look at this. Lily white Moses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrible. <laughs> um but uh so anyway, um they uh I'm I'm kind of conflicted on the movie because it uh simultaneously uh turned uh again a solo story into a team movie which I'm into, but also it's one of those, this is what the real oh, story sure, sure, sure. is, right? Yeah. They take all the fantastic stuff and make it realistic. There's like, to me, those movies is like, here's the boring version. Yeah. Here's the version without any monsters. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, I wanted to see the monsters. And you do, because when people tell stories about Hercules, you see it, you see the fantastic version of it. Right. But there's very little of that. Um. So altogether, it wasn't a like it was an enjoyable enough movie. I wasn't upset about it. I wasn't bored by it. I think uh, out of like movies that are kind of like it, um, I liked it more than that terrible King Arthur movie with Keira Knightley, which was very much like this oh, yeah, is yeah. the real story of King Arthur. Yeah, I liked yeah. it more than Clash of the Titans. I liked it more than Immortals, 
Okay. Um, well, that movie wasn't very good. No, I, I didn't. I didn't really like Immortals very much. Um, I didn't like. I liked Three Hundred. Mm-hmm. So is this better than Three Hundred? It's kind of more. It doesn't take itself as seriously as Three Hundred, which well, is good. nice. Because obviously Three Hundred is so like, right? So Hercules is kind of like. Bah! Are we going? We're going? We're going? Everybody going? Okay. Now, right? So it's it's got humor. It's got a it's got a lot more heart, which yeah. I hate to say. Yeah. I hate to say that about movies because every movie says, that. "Oh, this movie's got heart," but it does. It's it's got a good idea. It's got it takes things from the actual Greek myth of Hercules and obviously mm-hmm. spins them for a modern audience. Changes a few things, makes it much more of for a the, heroic story. The changes for the better. Uh, changes for the which, acceptance. Which, which is the one that uh, was Hercules born? No, uh, his mom was it the Golden Shower one, or was it the Riding the Bull one? Was Hercules? Uh, I don't, I don't remember which one that was. Okay, but did they did they talk about that? That he's they, well, how he was suppo- conceived and everything. Yes, supposedly, but here's the thing: in the movie, he's not. Oh, he's not because a god. he's just a regular. He's not a god. demigod. He's no. just a dude with. Muscles. He's just like a really. Oh. He's basically the Rock. Okay. Is is actually is this All is right. ba- this is pretty much the Rock playing himself All if right. he was if around in like ancient Greece. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. So, um, but you do see the stories and the legends. So you see him like, you know, strangle some snakes. Yeah. Um, and you see him fight the Hydra and stuff. But it's pretty quickly implied that those are stories and actually the end credits <laughs> said no mythical beings were harmed in the creation of this movie all mythical be- beings by their <laughs> by was, their name are mythical here's the thing i was very i was like well again i'm kind of on the fence about it because yeah. i'm like well i kind of wanted to see some monsters and i wanted this to be about monsters yeah um and then the end credits show you like their team tactics about how they actually like killed the Nemean lion okay. and, you and know, all of this all stuff. Yeah. Like, so, eh, you know, it's, it's actually kind of cool. All right. um, so all around, I'm going to give this three and a half slices of meatloaf. Um, if you want an action movie, go see it. The action is pretty light, pretty quick. It's got a couple of twists and turns. If you haven't read the comic, you're, you're, uh, you'll probably enjoy the story because, you know, it does have a couple of surprising moments that you don't see coming. It also has some like very obvious um, things that you totally have- see coming, like you know, uh, you know. So, t- 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 spoiler alert: like Uh-oh. character is like Hercules, you can't do this. We shouldn't do this. And Hercules is like, no, I'm gonna do it. And the other character is like, well, I'm leaving. Spoiler alert: he comes back in the nick of time and helps his friends. Whew. How, how are the effects? Good. Yeah, the effects are fine because most of the time it's just guys hitting each other with spears. Oh, okay. So is it so, more like um, Gladiator? It's <laughs> honestly, it is. It's more like I'm trying to. I know you said 300, but I was just I'm trying it's to. Not, still, it's because not the like trailer three, that I yeah. saw had the Hydra head come up, right, and right. I was like, oh, he's going to chop off these Hydra heads nope, in 3D. It is not like that. It no. is not like that. That is not the movie that you're going to go watch. Okay, with the movie, the movie that you're going to go see probably actually is more like Gladiator. That, okay. Gladiator is a good example. Okay. Well, it's it's unfortunate the movie didn't do very well with the box office this weekend. Yeah, I think Lucy Lucy uh, beat that. Beat and, it, and uh, Lucy's got um, Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson, Johansson in yeah. there. And also, also the uh, it's great. Lucy is great. Um, because, Did you go see it? No, I okay. didn't. 
because I never, I, I, I thought about seeing it just so I could make fun of it yeah. properly. Yeah. Um, but then I was like, no, I'd actually, I'm going to take my chance on a movie that I might actually like. Okay. Um, Lucy is great because it's like making a movie based on the scientific fact that whales are fish. <laughs> yeah. Okay. like, we all know how whales are the biggest fish, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, like, there's this whole movie about how they discovered <laughs> the biggest whale fish, right? That's basically what Lucy is. It's just yeah. based on this, like, wives' tale of a scientific inaccuracy. Yeah, yeah. And then they just spin I a movie saw, out of it. I saw the best Lucy parody, um, and I don't remember where I saw it, somewhere on the entire webs, but it had the same poster, and it's like, they say everyone swallows eight spiders in their <laughs> lifetime. Imagine what power you'd have if you swallowed every spider on Earth. Yep. Well, you'd mentioned 300 and Zack Snyder. Uh, probably one of the big stories, another big story that came out of the San Diego Comic-Con was the Warner Brothers panel mm-hmm. where uh, Zack Snyder came up on stage and didn't, and didn't say jack crap about Justice League, mm-hmm. but did wheel Ben Affleck. Henry Cavill and Gal Gadot up onto stage to say, look, here's Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman. They didn't say anything. Nothing. They brought them out. They waved. They said, hey, you guys are probably pretty excited about seeing something from the upcoming Batman versus Superman Donna Justice movie. Woo! Okay, here's a clip. And they showed this really kind of a Frank Miller-esque clip. Have you guys, did you guys already see it on the internet? Did you guys no, I didn't, search around? I didn't get a chance to see it. So here, here's how it is, uh, because I've seen it. Um, as many people have. Have you seen it, Matthew? Did you see it? No. Okay. So it is a dark and stormy night in Gotham City. Lightning mm-hmm. cracks all around. Two glowing white eyes of Batman in his Batman armor suit lights up the uh, lights up a, a big spotlight with the Frank Miller Batman bat on it. Uh, the light shines up into the sky, and as the camera tilts up, the light is shining on Superman who's floating there as lightning cracks all around close up to his eyes as they start to glow red cut back to Batman as his eyes are glowing blue boom smash cut to title Batman Superman Donna Justice that was the only piece that they showed which makes it sound very much Frank Miller-esque and in fact when the when the two uh, male leads came out on stage I thought that they were actually showing them I think I thought that they were actually showing costumes from um, the movie because in The Dark Knight Returns, there's a scene where Batman and Su- or Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne have a conversation at Bruce Wayne's estate. And uh, Clark is wearing this big white shirt buttoned down with a big belt buckle and blue jeans. And that's what Henry Cavill was wearing. Uh-huh. And Bruce Wayne in the, in the Dark Knight Returns is wearing a jacket with a T-shirt on underneath. Almost had it except for um, Ben Affleck was wearing a black jacket. And in the comic book, Bruce Wayne is wearing a brown jacket. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh. curses. Clearly, um, that's wrong. Well, and I thought, oh, what a clever way to let the people who really know The Dark Knight Returns inside and out in on a little secret. And uh, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then, of course, I opened up my copy that I always have at mm-hmm. my side, yep. keep it in my back pocket in case I ever meet a famous celebrity. Um, and then they said, Cesar oh, well. Romero, sign my Batman. Then they said, oh, you want to see Wonder Woman? You want to see what this costume looks like? And they shared, and it's out online, the high-res version of the Wonder Woman costume. Mm -hmm. Reactions. Uh, Yeah. I like that. um, uh, Basically, I would like to um, 
say you're welcome for what I've been saying probably for the past 10 years, that if you want to make a good Wonder Woman costume, it's already been done. Yeah. It's called Xena Warrior yeah. Princess. Yeah, a lot of people compared that to it. In fact, there's a nice little funny meme where Xena's been photoshopped into that picture, kind of standing there in a, you know, like, what pose? And everyone's yeah. like, yeah, I know, right? Well, and that, but but I think that's great because yeah. there was, there was a prototype for that and it works great. It looks good. Yeah, it does. It looks like armor. Yeah. And that's what they went with. And that's fine. That's perfect. It doesn't have to be shiny and golden and stuff, especially with the direction that they seem to be taking this movie. Well, and of course, everybody's already poo-pooing it by going, she's got no color in her costume. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, first of all, that's a pentatoned sure, image sure. that's been mapped to that. If you look at her lasso, her lasso's not gold. It's silver in the image. Mm-hmm. So if you were to map it in reverse, I'm sure there's going to be some color. But even if there's not... Leather and bronze is perfectly acceptable yeah. in that costume. And in fact, it's more acceptable because it's supposed to be a Greek thing. Yes. And then, of course, right. there's people saying, oh, well, she's hardly wearing anything. Way to go, Warner Brothers, sexualizing the hero. And then Gail Simone, I think I think it was Gail, popped up and said, yeah. uh, she actually wears less in the comic books than yeah. she's what she's wearing yeah, here. And then people are like, well, she's got high heels. How practical is that? She wears high heels in the comic book. So this is actually, I'm super excited about this costume. I thought it was wonderful. I was like, holy cow, this yeah. is great. It looks good. I think it looks great. Think, what about you, Matthew? I think the people who are worried about the heels should also see if they're the same people who are worried about this young lady being too small for the role. Oh, that's another because, one. That's another one that people yeah. were complaining. She's too skinny. And then somebody oh. posted Somebody posted and said, hey, for all you people who watch uh, American Ninja... The first female ever to make it into the final round. Look how yeah. skinny she is. She's skinnier than Gal Gadot is. And she's tiny. That and girl, she is way, tiny. Brilliant. She actually did the wonderful thing. And this is an American ninja. She would, they do the thing where you're, you're climbing from pole to pole, right? Yeah. She is five feet tall. The gap between poles was five feet. She leaned out, braced her feet on the pole, and did a Spider-Man leap cool. to the next pole, caught it, and did like a a uh, double pole spin and then oh, left yeah, yeah, yeah. over. It was beautiful. I mean, she was beautiful. Yeah. So I, 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 I like this costume for two reasons. Okay. One, it has the battle skirt. Yes. Which alleviates the biggest problem that I have had is how are they going to pull this costume off when, depending on who's doing the art, she's wearing anything from granny panties to a thong. Mm-hmm. And two, it maintains the breastplate and the eagle that I love so much from the old school Linda Carter version because there have been you know a lot of different takes on the breastplate lately. And I think these days it's a W, a silver yeah. W with the thing in the middle. But yeah. it looks like a distillation of several classic Wonder Woman looks. Yeah, but like it has it. enough. Most people, I would say, and this is probably an overgeneralization, when you say Wonder Woman, they think, Wonder Woman looks like Linda Carter in the red, white, and blue costume. That's there so that my grandmother or my aunt or whoever knows Wonder Woman only from that show can go, okay, this is the same Wonder Woman that I remember from when I was younger. Cool. I'm excited about this movie. I I know know people say, oh, you already love Batman. Doesn't matter. Seeing Seeing the Wonder Woman costume has me more excited to see this movie than anything anything i'm excited to see this movie just because of her i hope they do it right i really do i also like i also like the am i am i not looking at this right but is the batman costume not plastic 
No, it's like, not plastic. It's like it looks it's like very felt, fabric. right? Yeah, like, if you look at the gray image that they yeah. posted, which is the now we had a, po- a picture up on the site of uh, what looked to be the costume, but someone pointed out that oh no, somebody photoshopped the Frank Miller costume in there, and it looked it was a great Photoshop job, I should say that. Mm-hmm. But yes, the one that we see in the official black and white release is very much a cloth. Right. So I like costume. I like that because this is the first non plastic face batman that yeah. we've ever seen right right i mean since adam west yeah. basically like yeah. tim you know tim burton put together that batman and we have had literally the same mm-hmm. batman ever since because changing his little black on black accents yeah isn't actually different all batman costumes are exactly the same until now yeah. the cowl they did show the cowl at comic-con which does look very frank miller-esque mm-hmm. but it does not have a neck piece it's not part of a huge you know so it's yeah. a free-moving neck um the other thing that i found I'm, well there's so much i'm just really excited about that movie i i just but i thought it was odd that they didn't have the actor say it a single word. They came out, they stood up, they didn't even sit down. They waved, and then Zack Snyder was like, "Well, we got to get back to shooting and shoot them off the stage." And off they went. Wow! Thank you, drive through. That's that's Here's what it was. People. They were they were probably body doubles. Well, if they were, they were pretty good body doubles. But mm-hmm. Ben Affleck does look very bulky. Yeah, it looks like he's yeah. he's bulked up in this. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Um, flip side of that, over at Marvel, they did their whole uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movie announcement at the very end of their marvel studios thing and the big announcement is guardians of the galaxy 2 has already got a sequel it's already got a date of july 28th 2017 all before the movie hits the theater and that shouldn't become that shouldn't come as too much of a surprise because if you go and look at all the the reviewers ratings it's like 100 percent over at rotten tomatoes yeah Uh, uh james gunn was on the adam carolla podcast a couple of weeks ago and basically said if this movie is a success, I'm already contractually obligated to do the second movie. Mm-hmm. So basically he was saying, yes, I'm doing and writing the second movie even before the movie released. Which brings us to the major spoilers poll of the week. Poll of the week. I don't know if this is the last big movie to roll out before school starts again or before we hit that doldrums. But Guardians of the Galaxy opens this weekend. And I'm excited to see it. I really nice. want to see it. I'm going to take the boy to it. Of course, we've got this whole Zach getting married thing. Yeah. Falling mm. right in the middle of our fun. Thanks, but, Zach. Yeah, thanks, Zach. But uh, big question. Are you, gonna, are you going to go see Are you going to go see Guardians of the Galaxy this weekend on opening weekend? Rodrigo? I'm going to try. I'm not, uh, I'm not always good about that. But there's a few movies that I try to go out and see. And the big comic book releases, mm-hmm. I usually try and go see them. Not always successfully. Um, you gonna go see Ninja Turtles? No, I'm not. I'm not planning on going to see okay. Ninja Turtles. I Are, saw. I saw like a more extended trailer, and the more I see of that movie, the less I want to see oh, okay. it. Okay. I already said yes. I'm going, Matthew. What about you? Well, do it, normally, Matthew. Do it. Normally, normally you wait. You wait eight years until it lands on uh, normally stars or something. Normally, when we do these things, I never get to finish a sentence. But more <laughs> never? importantly. Normally, <laughs> when we do these things, my answer is, no, I'm not going to see this in the theater because I don't necessarily go out of my way to see first-run movies. That is not the case this time. Excellent. This time, my answer is no, comma, because my kid is in Phoenix with grandma until August the 9th. Yeah. And she and I have decided we're not going to see this movie until we can see it together. Oh, she that's was going to go see it. 
with her favorite auntie while she was down there, but she said, no, we're going to go see Jersey Boys instead, which, by the way, a lot of language in that, she discovered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, we want to we see this one together mostly because it's got a raccoon and a talking tree in it. Yeah. And So um, when you said she comes back on the 9th, so next weekend yeah. you'll see it? Right. The weekend well, after? She's been, she's been at Grandma's for two weeks. She actually flew by herself for the first time. Took two years off my life. And then this weekend my wife is flying down for another week, and then they'll be back on the 9th or 10th. Okay. Probably Tuesday the 12th, if we have some time, we're going to go see an, like an afternoon showing. Because cool. Because school starts like the next day. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, it is. Life is, my friend. There is no way to get around it. So uh, what, did, what did you vote? Oh, I'm sorry, I you voted. What, what did everyone else vote so far? No. Right now, 139 votes in the bag. Amazingly, 70% saying, yes, you bet, going to go see the raccoon and his cronies. 31% saying, no, not going to see it opening weekend, which that's pretty amazing. Usually when we have these opening weekend polls, it's like 20, 80, 20 again. Even, I mean, if you look at the uh, audience reviews, it's like 96 or something like that, which is still super high for this movie. Wow. And the that's night that amazing. they premiered it, I think they premiered it Wednesday night at Comic-Con because a lot of people suddenly started popping up on Twitter saying, yep, I just saw it. It's amazing. It is like amazeballs. Yeah. And I was like, oh, got to see this. I have a I have a friend who uh, who are talking about it and he's like, this is it, man. This is where this is Marvel proving that they can take a second run comic <laughs> and make an awesome movie out of it. And I was like, wait, 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 hold on. That's not true. That was Thor. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was Iron Man. Yeah, this that is a victory. Yeah, that that was a victory. Well, Blade was an experiment. That was a second run character on purpose, right? right. Like this is like. Uh, they're taking their second run characters and like being like, yes, this is a Marvel character, which you don't see in Blade. Mm-hmm. They're not like, oh, yeah, Marvel Universe. No, they're like, if this crashes and burns, we're disowning him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we don't even know who this Yeah, we don't know who this guy is. Um, Chris Christopherson, come on. <laughs> but but yeah, I was like, uh, no, dude, this is a victory lap. Yeah. This is like yeah. Marvel coming back around and slapping DC in the back of the head. So yeah. what was amazing was that DC mentioned nothing about Justice League, and everyone was expecting, because of the Nikki Fink yeah. um, announcement a couple of months ago, everyone is expecting, hey, we're going to see Justice League. I was expecting to see, hey, here's the rest of the Justice League wheeled out on stage. Right. Likewise, I was expecting Marvel to announce Doctor Strange and who was going to play Doctor Strange. They didn't talk about that. They no. talked about none of their Phase 3 films. Instead, they focused on two things during the Marvel Studios panel. They focused on the Avengers, Age of Ultron, which they showed a clip of the first appearance of Ultron, and it sounds creepy. I can't wait to see the video uh, appear. If you go over to the Marvel website or if you watch their Marvel booth stuff, one of the final displays that they put out on the last day was a cracked Steve Rogers uh, Captain America shield Mm -hmm. and then uh, Ultron Mark I, which is just like this upper torso and and an arm. And the way that it was described was uh, Tony Stark, Steve Rogers, Bruce Banner are sitting around all trying to pick up Thor's hammer. And, of course, Tony Stark tries to move it. It doesn't budge. Bruce Banner obviously tries to pick it up. It doesn't budge. Steve Rogers grabs it, and it moves a little bit. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, they hear this creepy voice, and they see one of these old uh, Iron Man suits come rattling out or Android come rattling out saying, the only way to peace is through your extinction. And then it just boom, 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 cut into a bunch of clips from the movie and ends with Scarlet Witch saying, nothing lasts forever. And then probably ends. has a whole bunch of dubstep going. Whoa, 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 probably, blah. probably. Whoa, whoa. So I'm I'm still excited about seeing the Avengers movie, even though that's a year away. 
the other one that they talked about was Ant-Man. And I was surprised that they talked as much about Mm Ant-Man as they as they did, considering that. Well, and here's the reason why I think both DC and Warner didn't talk about future projects. I think Ant-Man and the debacle that they're having with Ant-Man losing more uh, actors, losing the director, script changes. I think that had everybody spooked to say, well, we don't want to say too much about future projects because we don't want this thing happening to us uh, again. And so um, they did talk about Ant-Man. We know that. Of course, we've known this before that Michael Douglas plays Hank Pym. Mm-hmm. We know that uh, Paul Rudd plays the other guy. Um, I keep forgetting his name. Scott Mosier? No. Uh, Scott Lang. Scott Lang. Um, Scott Mosier is Kevin Smith. Is Kevin Smith's. No, not cinematographer, producer. Um, Whatever. The couple of things that they did announce about the movie was that Yellow Jacket, the villain Yellow Jacket, is running, helping to run. Ant-Man Industries or whatever it is, the company wow. that, that uh, Hank Pym owns, Pym Industries. And, he, and Hank Pym doesn't like the way that that character, and I forget what his character, what's his, what's his name in, in uh, outside of costume, Matthew? Uh, Yellow Jacket. Hank Pym? No, 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 no. Before he goes crazy, the other one. So anyway. Are you talking about like the other Ant-Man? Like the no, no, no. S.H.I.E.L.D. guy? I mean, I know that there have been other guys that have been Yellow Jacket, but yeah. I always knew... Even crazy yellow jacket is right, Hank, his Pam. Hank Pym. Right. Uh, so there Hank was, Pym doesn't like I'm the way the other the guy is. Doesn't like the way that the company's being run, and he hires um, Scott Lang to don the Ant Man suit and go in and do some industrial espionage. We also find out that Evangeline Lilly will be playing uh, Hank Pym's daughter, uh, Hope Pym. And that was those were the big announcements that they made at that panel. Darren Cross, according to the Intar Webs, who is Crossfire. Yeah. Darren Cross, that's it. That's weird. Yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be running the industry. So there was whiplash. There you go. Um again, real fascinating news, and I'm glad that they they talked about Ant Man. They still are planning on having the release uh, the, the release date hitting the same. They are shooting the first of August, so they're like shooting next week. They're still rewriting the script, and Evangeline Lilly is like, I really wish I could tell you more about my character, but I haven't even read the script yet. Nice. And it's like, holy crap. They are just like surfing on a wave of of knives, uh, of razor blades, because one false step and it's just going to crumble. But So at least well, there's some good news uh, coming out of that. Two years from now, when this movie is a huge hit. I think it's – is it next year? I thought it was 2015. Whenever this movie comes out and it's a huge hit, no one is going to remember the production missteps. And if this movie tanks, that's all anyone's going to remember. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that thing. Uh, Matthew, you got a book that you uh, wanted to talk about this week. Speaking of Avengers. Yeah. Mighty Avengers. Number 12. Mighty Avengers is the team led by Luke Cage. Um, and this is a fascinating book for me in a couple of ways, because one of the characters on this book, and this is spoilers, the Ronin. You remember the Ronin? I know when Ronin. They, no, Ronin. When they relaunched. I know Rom. <laughs> they relaunched New Avengers, and they had the big mystery of who is Ronin. And it turns out it was Echo. And then they're like, who's Ronin now? It turns out it was Hawkeye. Yeah. This book launched with who is Ronin this time? Well, it turns out that Ronin this time is actually Blade. The Daywalker? And- Blade the Daywalker. Now get this. Blade, as a character, was created in like 1972, 1973, as I recall. Yeah. 
because he's immortal and because of Marvel time, this story that we're reading takes place in 1972. Awesome. And Blade is wearing his original Gene Colan costume in the flashbacks. And what's happened is during the original Sin crossover event, I don't know if you guys read my review of uh, Amazing Spider-Man number four. No, I did not because I wanted to actually read the issue first. During the big crossover, one of the Watcher's eyes is in play, and it's a basically one of the villains is using it as a weapon. This is not a spoiler. Is this the Emerald he hits, Eye? He hits the heroes with a blast of energy from the Watcher's eye, mm-hmm. and each of the heroes sees something that the Watcher saw. Right. What Luke Cage sees is that his dad in 1972 was a cop in New York. And during the the events of his dad's career as a cop in New York, who, by the way, looks remarkably like Luke Cage used to look back when he debuted in 1972. Oh, yeah. He teamed up with Blade, who's immortal, and an old uh, Doctor Strange view villain named Kalu, who's immortal, and uh, a couple of other guys. And they were the mighty Avengers. Interesting. Now, now here's the thing about that. I'm willing to accept a certain level of suspension of disbelief. Sure. When you get to the point that this is the fourth Avengers team and they're called the mighty Avengers and that that is a meaningful name that they're called the mighty Avengers, you have to sell that story. You have to make that story really sing for me to ignore the fact that this is kind of silly (laughs) to me. They pull it off. Silly they to you. Okay. Off. All right. No, it's I think it's silly because there are four Avengers teams. Right. And if you say that, oh, Mighty Avengers is the meaningful name were, one. Weren't there 52 Avengers teams? You're thinking DC again. Stop saying 52 in the or, I mean, 50, 50, uh, 50 uh, Avengers teams. of the initiative. Okay. Yeah, that's well, been a while. there's the Avengers. There, yeah. There's the Avengers and then there's uh, the other Avengers. The Mighty Avengers is the team with Luke Cage, the Falcon, um, Monica Rambo, whatever her name is now, the She-Hulk, uh, Blade. They had the Spider-Man for a while, the new Power Man, the new White Tiger, and the Blue Marvel, mm-hmm. who is also in this issue, another guy who's been around since the 60s. And what this issue basically is, is a story a little bit familiar in a lot of ways, but it's a story of how 40 years ago, 30 years ago, whenever 1972 was, let's say 40 years ago, something happened. And these evil vampires were trying to take over the world. And every few decades, the stars align to where they can do it again. Mm. Most of the framing device is Luke Cage sitting in his father's living room. And if you know Luke Cage's backstory, he's always been estranged from his dad. Mm -hmm. Part of the reason he's called Luke Cage is because his dad was basically ashamed of him and disowned him when he was a gangbanger back in the day. His actual name is Carl Lucas. And throughout this issue, we see, you know, his dad, James Lucas, teaming up with these superheroes in 1972. And it's really fun and it's really well done. And of course, the Blue Marvel is basically Superman. But since it's 1972, he's got dolomite mutton chops and a great big fro. And it looks amazing. This is one of the few issues where Greg Land's tracing really enhances yeah so remind me a couple of things remind me after you're done with your review number one greg okay. land number two uh guillermo del toro guillermo del toro okay. okay but throughout this issue we have the setup and the and it ends with this great moment of uh Kalu, you remember Kalu? yeah the, the incident it's a song about Kalu. yeah 
Kalu the Immortal is has shown up at Mighty Avengers headquarters. It's been 40 years the stars are aligned again, and he's come to the Falcon and Monica and She-Hulk and their team and asking for help. And it ends with Monica doing the, the badass power walk. She's like, all right, let's go save the world. Cool. It's really cool. This book, 12 issues in, they've had 10 really good issues, one kind of okay issue and one stinker. This is the kind of okay issue. And it's still something that I'm really interested in that I really like. And as much as I hate to say it, in the right context, even Greg Land can do awesome stuff. And I, I do enjoy this book. This is a four-slice-of-meatloaf affair. Awesome. It also has an, uh, a, an immortal time-traveling girl who turns into a bear who travels through time and always looks like an up-to-date uh, kind of fashion victim girl. Mm. So we see her in the 50s in a poodle skirt. We see her in the 20s in one of those little Bonnie and Clyde cloche hats. And we see her throughout this episode in the 70s with the big glasses and a big floppy hat and, and giant uh, lapels and everything. It's cool. So let's talk Greg Land. What was your question? So uh, Marvel announced a new Spider-Woman ongoing where it's right. going to feature um, Jessica Drew, uh, but it was also going to feature Silk as mm -hmm. uh, another co-conspirator in this series. But it was also going to feature a lot of other Spider-Women from the Marvel Universe. We might see uh, the uh, ultimate Jessica Drew, the Peter Parker clone, uh, come from uh, the Marvel Universe. We might see... Um, uh, one of the other characters who've held Ar the Spider-Woman. Aranya. Yeah, or whoever's Aranya, coming from Earth 2 and all that other stuff. The second Spider-Woman, Julia Carpenter, yep. is now Madam Web. Yeah, there the you go. The third Spider-Woman, uh, Maddie Franklin, who is Jana, Jonah Jameson's niece or something, mm -hmm. is still around. I guess um, I guess my question is... future Spider-Girl. Yeah. yeah. The good thing is it's, hey, you know, more... This is like, I think, the fifth or sixth female-led title at, at uh, Marvel. My question is, Greg Land is going to be the artist on this series. Does that trouble yeah. you or not, especially after you've read this Mighty Avengers book? Because, you know, Greg Land is, is infamous, notorious for yeah. porn tracing. Well, and I'm, I'm concerned that that's going to – tracing, whatever. Uh, yeah. I, I, is that a concern that he's going to do that over here in, uh, in this it book is. or is, is, his, is his style evolved? It absolutely is. And I think he's toned it down from the height of the pointing when he was on uh, Uncanny X-Men. Oh, okay. Around 2009, 2010. But yeah, I mean, I dropped Iron Man Volume 5 because Greg Land was doing the art. And I got tired of that same face. He, uh, Tony Stark literally had the same face in every single panel. So, yeah, I think that the limitations of the artists are going to be an issue. I will say that Greg Land does incredibly busty women really well. Mm -hmm. And being an incredibly busty woman is kind of Spider-Woman shtick at Marvel. She's Marvel's version of Power Girl in a lot of ways. Yeah. Because they'll, they'll go and they'll make her, you know, more and more buxom and make her costume tighter and tighter and tighter. And, you know, they'll sexy, sexy it up to the point where... I think that Greg Land is a good fit on a Spider-Woman book. And the thing that's really frustrating is it's not that he can't draw without the reference. We've seen him do it. It's that I think he feels like he draws better with extensive photo reference and tracing. And hmm. I don't know. But I, I will say that I'm interested in a Spider-Woman book, but it's going to depend on whether we're getting 
Uncanny X-Men, Greg Land, or whether we're going to get, you know, going back to Sojourn from CrossGen, Greg Land. Yeah. Because Sojourn was pretty well drawn. I mean, I had a complete run of that at one point in my 50-cent bin at work. Rodrigo, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, either the fact that Greg Land is drawing this or just the fact that we're getting Spider-Woman comics. Uh, it's, it's cool that we're getting Spider-Woman comics. Honestly, Spider-Woman is one character, or alternately six characters, that I've never been particularly into. Yeah. Just the... I don't. I don't know that there's ever been a ongoing Spider Woman series. Also, at the same time that I was interested in, in, in you know, superhero stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as land goes, you know, the, the biggest concern for me is not necessarily that he uses that photo reference, but I mean, there have been some accusations not of using photo references, but of using other artists' work. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. That's that's the real concern to me cuz you can use like again, you look at someone like um oh what's his name? Well, Alex Ross paints Alex Ross. Uh, paints people, right. paints his characters that look like super famous you know, super people. super famous people, right, but right. in in the case yeah. of Land, I mean, you're talking about the Iron Man face and, and the Tony Stark face. I think you're talking about the the famous series of O faces from the the <laughs> those comic books where it's yeah. basically it is literally you can go and find these frames from from porn movies of these characters yeah making these faces greg land draws triple h and randy orton a lot um and if you actually know wrestler faces many times any man with a full beard that greg land draws is mick foley Mm. you see these references and that i mean that's one thing you know when when you go through say it was supreme power is the book i think that i really noticed it where he was tracing from uh particular pornographic actresses but yeah i think that rodrigo's point is probably the more valid one because there was an issue of x-men where they broke it down and they're like this is the same panel that we saw two pages ago this is this picture from time magazine of raiders fans at a raiders right, game. right yeah yeah you know and then they're like oh and this is something that was drawn by another artist when mm-hmm. they you know when they drew this character mm-hmm. when they put it together so mm-hmm. yeah I, w- I would agree that is that's probably going to be the big issue for me Again, Ooh. I like Spider Woman. Yeah, but I think the fact that there have been six Spider Women kind of sells the point that maybe Spider Woman hasn't been consistent, hasn't been the best treated character at Marvel. So hopefully, this is a chance for them to do something really awesome with her. Excellent. Hey, Tweaked Audio. We haven't mentioned them yet. Tweaked Audio. Head over to tweakedaudio.com. They've got some great earbuds, great he- headphones. Some of them with microphones, so that when you're driving down the highway and you need to have that all important phone call with your publisher. You can have Uh-oh. it. Great sound, great quality, lots of colors, lots of styles. Head over to Tweaked Audio. Use the checkout code MAJOR and get 30% off the price. Thanks to Tweaked Audio for supporting this installment of the Major Spoilers podcast. Speaking of yeah. issues, speaking of big issues, uh, we, knew, we knew that Dark Horse lost the Star Wars comics. And we knew that eventually Marvel would take over the Star Wars comics. And they made the big announcement at San Diego Comic-Con that, yes, we are bringing back Star Wars comics. Not one Star Wars comics, but three Star Wars comics. The first one's going to be Star Wars. This all takes place after um, Episode 4, New Hope. And it uh, the Star Wars comic will look at the Rebels' side of the story. Mm-hmm. Then there is a Darth Vader story that takes place during the same period that looks at it from the Empire side of the story, oh. between that and Empire Strikes Back. And then probably another big... Uh, kudo for marvel mark wade 
and Terry Dodson will be working on a five issue miniseries Princess Leia uh, comic. Oh, interesting. And I like that. Princess Leia getting her own book. Yep. Five issues at least. And who's drawing it? Terry Dodson. Oh, I like Terry Dodson. Yeah. Yeah. How about this for a little bit strange? If you don't like Star Wars over at Marvel again, what about Star Trek meets Planet of the Apes? What? Yeah. <laughs> IDW and Boom Studios Sold. are teaming. No, no, and, no, no. I'm good. And That's they good. have, they've convinced CBS and um, whoever, um, Paramount, uh, that yeah. owns Planet of the Apes, that this is going to be a good thing. And so we're going to see the original crew of the Starship Enterprise teaming up with Nova and um, Dr. Sayas. Yeah, Dr. Sayas and Taylor for Does this, this for this we'll series. Get to see somebody write a Charlton Heston, William Shatner pause off. I, so I think this is what I, I want to see Kirk in the cage being hosed down. So it's a madhouse, a um, mad house. And yes. I want to see him. I want to see him kiss Nova and Taylor and him get into a big fight. Exactly. I, I want to see Bones McCoy say, get your dirty hands off me, you ape. Right. And I want to see Spock standing at the Statue of Liberty going fascinating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to see all that. And you know what? You almost certainly will. Oh, although, yeah. Although Spock and Dr. Zayas together trying to reason out what's going on. Yes. Think about this. Spock is used to being treated badly because he's not a human. Dr. Zayas is not going to trust him because he clearly is a man. Right. Oh, yeah. I'm going to write this. Call up CBS Paramount. Matthew's Tell them Stephen and I were going to write this thing. Uh, they've already got their creative teams. Everything's all set up. <laughs> I was looking to see when the exact date was, but it will be coming, I want to say, first of next year. But here's kind of the plot. With the Klingon secretly backing a renegade guerrilla general in a coup for control of Ape City, Captain Kirk <laughs> finds himself in the uncomfortable position of having to help Dr. Zayas' orangutans, explains David Tipton. Oh, okay. Now, yeah, now that you put it that way, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. David yeah, Tipton, but- of course, has done the Doctor Who, um, Star Trek uh, meets Doctor Who series. And Star Trek's crossed over with everybody, I think, at this point. Yes. I think the only thing that they haven't Expand. crossed over with is the Major Spoilers podcast. Yeah. I don't think they've crossed over with the DC Universe yet, have they? No, the they Legion did. of Superheroes. Yeah. Star yeah. Trek Legion. So Star, Trek. Star Trek is actually yeah, they've done, they've the done center Doctor, of all reality. Doctor Who. They've done um, X-Men. Mm-hmm. They've done Legion of Superheroes. Mm-hmm. Um, they've done, haven't done Archie yet, but now Planet of the Apes. So... That's now, pretty... if they can get that team up of Star Trek and Star Wars, uh, you think that'll, that'll ever happen? Tough. I thought about that. It would be it would be very it'd be very happen. hard. The only reason, I mean, time travel is not out of the question because we've seen that happen a lot, and certainly because Star Wars takes place a long time ago, that right. wouldn't be a problem. I think the problem is now you're hopping galaxies, which is something Star Trek has not ever well, done. Wait, 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 wait. You think that's an issue? First I think it's off, an issue. The Legion of Superheroes <laughs> hops galaxies all the time, so that wasn't an issue. I don't issue. think they hop galaxies. I think they, they do. do. Do they? They go all uh, over the world. Yeah. So that's one. Two, you do realize that, hey, the planet of the apes <laughs> is, Well, that's the other thing that's going alert, to be. Earth, Wait a minute. which means. Statue of Liberty. Was Earth. That yeah. was our planet. Yeah. Damn you. Damn you all the hell. Right. Exactly. 
Steven which just means, got that 45 years later. Yes. Which means that this book is going to yes. have one sentence in which Kirk goes, hey, do you remember how Earth was run by monkeys for a while? Yeah, <laughs> history is weird, man. Yeah, that's the weirdest thing is how do you... How do you connect that? Unless well, you know, they planet, don't. Unless These Planet of the Apes happens so far ahead of anything that happens in the Star Trek timeline. No, it's easy. Star Trek has already shown that there are Earth planets that aren't Earth. Well, that's they true. They had that planet that was Nazis, and they had that planet that was that was uh, gangsters, and they had that one planet <laughs> that was like Busby Berkeley musicals, which I may have imagined in a fever dream, but it's okay because I'm a hydrocodone right now. But more importantly. Alternate Earths already exist because we have the new Star Trek universe. So you just go, boom, alternate Earth. Yeah. We'll see. I'm, I'm excited about reading that series. Anything they else? They go that- to the Guardian of Forever, right? Yeah. And they go back in time. And instead of causing Joan Collins to get hit by a bus, they cause uh, Victor Newman from The Young and the Restless to buy a young chimpanzee. And boom, Bob's your uncle. You've got your crossover. Was there anything else that came out of the San Diego Comic-Con that you guys wanted to talk about? Uh, they did announce the new fall set for Magic the Gathering. Oh, yeah, I saw that, yeah. Um, Speaking yeah. of, I've got a whole bunch of packs right here that I need to open. Now, is this like a, is this like a deck. new block, or is this a yep. new... Yeah, the new, the new, uh, new block. It's called Cons of Tarkir. There you go. So a very Star Trek name. That's what I thought right. when you wrote the story. Is like, why is he writing about Star Trek? Yeah. Because it... That is exactly what I thought. Yep. Yep. But so, now isn't it they're like mixing like races or something together? Like how do you get dragon peoples? Uh no, it doesn't have dragon people, uh, as far as I can tell. What it is is this is um how how do I explain okay, so uh, oh, uh, a few years ago, actually right around when I started playing Magic, uh there was a set called Shards of Alara. Right. And the big draw of it was that the mechanics were centered around groups of three colors. Oh, right, so right, right. magic has five colors. Right. Each one is a color and it's two allies. Mm-hmm. So the white mechanic was white, blue, green. The blue mechanic was blue, white, black, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Um, and since then, pe- the people have been clamoring for a uh, wedge version of that. So oh, I see. A color, and it, instead of a color and its two allies, a color and its two enemies. I see. So the white one would oh, be gosh. white, black, and red. So cons of Tarkir. Tying into our Star Trek story. Ah! Yeah, we've been really good at tying everything together through the flow um, of this episode. Is going to, yes, is going to feature, is basically from what I can tell, this huge hodgepodge of Things people have been asking for. Yeah. Because it's going to have... Someone else going to have time travel? It's going to have wedges. Yeah. Right? So it's going to have those... Uh, the the other version of a three-color pair, or a three-color group. Um, it's going to have time travel, which is something that Ooh. people have been asking for a lot. So is that... And it's going to bring back Morph, uh, not the guy from the <laughs> X-Men, but a mechanic that people were really, really into... So this just, to me, seems like this hodgepodge of things that are like, okay, people want, like, they just took, like, a bunch of stuff, and they're like, people want this back. Creative team, write a story but around that's, this. But that's not in this two, 2015 pack. That's the next no, set? No, no, no. Magic 2015 is the core set. That's what's out right, right now. Okay. So the next set is Cons of Tarkir. And when does that come out? <gasps> the fall. Okay. At some point. So in October. Yeah. Something like that. Somewhere around there. Because this is July. 
that's when this set came out, first of July, mm-hmm. right? So July, August, September. Yeah, so October is probably when we're. I don't know. I think it's earlier than that. I think it might be. September? September. Really? Okay. That's I interesting can, if I they would release it that, that quickly. Oh, speaking of releasing things quickly, uh, coming up Hello. next month, <laughs> coming up in just, uh, what, like 20 days is going to be yeah. the player's handbook for the new Dungeons & Dragons. B-H-B. And yep, B-H-B. if people want to get their hands onto, on it, where they need to go is over to Majorspoilers.com. Click on that Amazon link. And buy that stuff. You can also go over there and you can buy the Magic the Gathering uh, packs. You know, this uh, starter set that I got is the Dragon set. The Siege Dragon set is the one that I got yeah. that they sent us. Now, I guess there's five different sets that you can start off with in the core set. That's the one that they sent. But if you want to go and buy your Magic the Gathering stuff, you want to go buy boxes to keep your stuff in, your Munchkin stuff to go check out, you want to go uh, buy a movie so you can get up on Zach on film when it returns in a couple of weeks – Amazon.com is where you want to do it. Yeah. Costs you the same amount, or if a Prime member, it costs you a little bit less. But Amazon is forced, if you use that link over at Majorspoilers.com, they're forced <laughs> to give us money. You laugh, but they have to give us yeah, money. No, That's the agreement. Yes. That's the agreement. I, people come That's through right. our site. And they just like they just fight it the whole time. I think they that, get, We well, get weekly emails. Steven, Steven, why are your listen, spoiler rights buying why? so much listen, stuff? Why do they listen. Do we have we have spoiler rights all around this world, right? Mm-hmm. And spoiler rights all around this world love using that link until Amazon said, Stephen, we hate giving you money. So we are changing our policy to say <laughs> you can no longer have people from other countries coming through the major spoilers website that's, that's and using our Amazon link. Mm-hmm. That's probably what it was. They were so upset were about upset. how much money hey, yep. they had to give us and not our, at all because it was a logistics nightmare. For our them. listeners... And our fans are the greatest people in the world. That's and I will true. not have you bad-mouthing them or disparaging them in any way. I wasn't doing that. <laughs> I know that they want to support us. I know that they love us. And they want to make sure that shows like Critical Hit and Dueling Reviews and we just posted a new Lego build up on the website. They want to see all that stuff to continue. And so they want to help us out every way possible. Just just so you guys know, it's uh, 2014 and it's late summer, which means there's a lot of political attack ads out, uh, <laughs> especially here in Kansas, because the only thing that people care about are the yeah. Republican primaries, because right, right, right. that basically determines who the actual people are going to be, because yeah, Democrats yeah, right. usually don't get elected. Yeah, they don't Kansas. usually run anybody. Yeah. So, Republican uh, primary. I, yeah, I think I think Stephen has really gotten into the spirit of <laughs> Rodrigo Lopez says that Amazon.com loves people, but it doesn't. Rodrigo Lopez says that our listeners don't use that link over at Majorspoilers.com, but I know that they do because you guys are wonderful, and and I really want to say <laughs> thank you so much for everything that you do. Look. Thank you guys so much. I mentioned this over at our Critical Hit podcast, but if you want one of these bookmarks that we gave away free at Nerdtacular 2013, all you need to do, and this anywhere in the world, you can do this. This is fine. Screw Amazon if they don't want to let you shop through our store. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, just send a self-addressed stamped envelope, a SASE, a SASE, S-A-S-E. That's a self-addressed Patrick stamped envelope. Sazy. Self-addressed Bro- stamped envelope. Bro- send that to Major Spoilers, attention bookmark. 1309 West 44th Street, Hayes, H-A-Y-S, Kansas, 67601. You send that self-addressed stamped envelope, and while supplies last, I will give you a free bookmark. Yeah. A critical hit bookmark that looks pretty awesome. Yeah, they actually look really good. So get those in, because we know that you love free stuff. You love free podcasts, like the Major Spoilers podcast. You love free podcasts, like the uh, the Munchkin, Munchkin Land podcast that we do. You love shows like Zach on Film. All these free things that we do. 
here's just something else free that you're getting from your friends at Major Spoilers, because we know that you do everything that you can to help us so that we can continue doing all these wonderful things. Oh, by the way, Stephen, Cons of Tarkir uh, releases September 26th. September 26th, close enough to October. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the last weekend in October, yeah. right? So and, does that, is that a Friday, by the way? Uh, and uh, September, probably pre-release events start on the twentieth. So depending so, on so what, Friday, yeah, it depends on your store. You can go and do an event. Hey, what or whatever. do you think of? Um, since we don't have a Zach on film this uh-huh. week, or a top five this week, right? Um, what do you think? You know, our store that that Hastings store uh-huh. has that Friday night play night. Ooh, have you been up there? It's just free play. It's not like uh, tournament play, right? I haven't, but here's the thing. There's another, like, because there's the, the downtown Yeah, that's what store. I was wondering. Is that, is that what they're trying so, to horn in on their action? I, I think so. Now, we, well, I, honestly, more than anything, I bet Hastings didn't know probably that there's not. another card store. Probably even. not. They might or might not know, but this is probably coming from the top being like, hey, guys, we've secured Friday Night Magic. We're now sanctioned for it, so we're going to send somebody down to set up some tables. You guys do it. Like, I, I bet you that's what's happening. Oh, okay. All right. So, but you haven't participated or will I you haven't. participate? Uh, do you ever usually, do those kind of things? You don't, you're not into that. I Rob's do, more into that. I don't do a lot of Friday Night Magic just because they have, um, they tend to have tighter format restrictions. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, this Friday Night Magic is going to be standard or modern or whatever. Oh, okay. And I just, the decks that I build are very relaxed, kind of kitchen table type decks. Yeah. So I'd have to like go in and be like, okay, is this card legal? Is this card legal? Oh, is this yeah, card yeah. like basically I would have to build a deck specifically for it, which I could do if I ever felt like actually interacting with people. But honestly, <laughs> I'm here once a week. That's more than enough for me. I, I keep wanting to get to sit Rob down and talk about a sheep deck. Uh-huh. Because uh, the way he was explaining goat, or I'm sorry, goat deck, um, it sounded like a fascinating. It sounded like a fascinating mechanic for the way that he played it out, mm-hmm. and it got me thinking that I wonder if I could do something with Murlocs in yeah. the um, World of Warcraft uh, Hearthstone. Hearthstone game. And so, right before Nerdtacular, I built uh, a Murloc deck, and I played it. It was it was okay, but it really wasn't as strong as it mm-hmm. was. Went to Nertacular and um, chatted briefly with Willie Dills, who does the Angry Chicken podcast. And so afterwards, he looked at the videos that I posted up on our Major Spoilers video channel, YouTube slash Major Spoilers video, YouTube.com slash Major Spoilers video. Got a lot of stuff over there, including these two Hearthstone games that I played. And he's like, yeah, you need a little help. And so we sat down and he built a Murloc deck that works exactly the way I wanted it to, Mm -hmm. where you get all these really one and two and three uh, crystal murlocs out Uh and then suddenly because of the way they power each other up suddenly a murloc has got like a six power six hits and he can go in and and you can have four or five of those up on the board at the same time and they can just decimate the other player uh the new uh, nexramus uh uh, expansion came out Mm -hmm. uh last week and i blew through now granted this was normal and a lot of people are saying the normal levels are very easy but i blew through all three of those at the normal level in like 15 minutes with this deck it's pretty sweet now, if you go and play the heroic version, instead of having 30 points, they now have 45 points. Yeah. So it's much harder to clear the board with my Murloc deck on that. But uh, I'll get Rob on and we'll talk about his goat deck. Yeah. And it's and it, that was what inspired me to build this Murloc deck that people have seen over at the Stephen Plays Hearthstone over at Major Spoilers Video. So cool. go check that out. Anything else, Matthew, that uh, struck you from San Diego Comic-Con? A lot of cosplay uh, up there. Uh, uh, Jason there was, Inman. There Jason Inman went and took a bunch of pictures for us. He's also got a fascinating story to tell about Thrillbent. We'll get him on the show probably next week. 
But anything else from uh, you? I got to tell you, I'm I'm as tired after the coverage. Oh my god! Nah, I won't say as tired as I was actually going to that last convention because that knocked it knocked <laughs> me on my butt for three days. But I'm much more tired after reading the coverage than I should be for a man just sitting on his couch. I, you know, I was just, I mean, our, I mean, this was a good year for us. Last year, we, I screwed up. It was my fault. Last year, I screwed up because I forgot that we had a family vacation on the same weekend that Comic-Con went. Thanks to Zach last year, he and I kind of wing-dang-doodled it. Um, this year, though, <laughs> I was like, nothing is going on from Tuesday until Sunday afternoon when the show closes and I basically camped here and I mean, Rodrigo is seeing some of the aftermath, but literally, well, that's about, that's about half the caffeine that I had in um, all those cans yeah, over there. And I just camped out here for Wednesday. It, it was huge. Thursday. It was huge. Friday was big. Saturday was the biggest day. And then we even had, you know, a bunch of stories up and it was great because while I was doing some of the live coverage stuff, Zach was pulling the highlights out of some of that live coverage, like the Evangeline Lily and um, the other guy who's yeah. playing cross, um, he was pulling those out and putting them on standalone stories. And so we worked really well together. And I really, Zach's not here, but I've thanked him many times privately, but I want to thank him publicly that he was a big help this year in, in getting stories out. I mean, Saturday morning before the show even opened between the two of us, within about an hour and a half, we had about 20 stories. No, not probably. We had 20 stories up on the site before the show floor even opened. Yeah, it was day. it was great too because there's like this massive stories going up, and I just kind of like wake up, uh, roll out of bed. <laughs> Is the magic panel done? Writing down magic article and done. Yeah. Good night. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was great. I mean, thanks for for putting that up there, and thanks sure. to Jason for posting stuff, and thanks for everybody who wrote their reviews this week. I mean, it really uh, it really drove a lot of traffic to the site, and I'm hoping that we can continue that. And so um, I'm hoping people also start to realize that when it comes to a lot of that coverage. Yes, there are some people and some sites that have, you know, that one interview bite that they get from somebody, but they post it like two or three days later. But if you're trying to find out the essence of what's happening, I'm hoping people realize that we're doing our best to get it up within five minutes of the announcement. Uh, That's what our goal was, at least for some of those big live announcements. And I think we did a good job. And I think, again, thank Zach and Rodrigo and everybody who who helped out uh, this year. We had amazing coverage. And. Thank you for everybody who read it. We didn't chase anyone off on our Twitter feed because in addition to – and this is why I think people should really be part of the entire Major Spoilers experience because in addition to what was going up on the website, in addition to what we're talking about in this podcast, um, I was posting everything on Twitter and I would find other things from other people, pictures, quotes, whatever, and putting those well, up in the feed and, too. And uh, I mean – Twitter is like Twitter is great for this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I mean, all of the stuff that I got from Magic, like the most reliable single source to do it, was their Twitter feed. Yeah, 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 and that was great. And that's where we got the first shot of the high res uh, Wonder Woman. We mm-hmm. got the low res pretty quick, but then all of a sudden, Zack Snyder tweeted the high res, and then five minutes after that, uh, Warner Brothers tre- tweeted out the even bigger high res version of it. higher res, higher res. Uh, I think it's like I think it's like a 5K image is what it is. It's it's huge. Oh, it's a yeah. it's a big image, and you can really go down and really see the the grain of the filter on the effect. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't go into pore level and see the pores, but it's it's pretty close. The Gagado doesn't have any. pores. No, she doesn't. She's, She's beautiful. Perfect. She is wonderful. Um, we want to hear wonderful. from you on San Diego Comic Con coverage, and there's a couple of ways you can do it. First, you can send us an email to podcast at majorspoilers.com. You can use the comment section over at Majorspoilers.com for this post, for this podcast post, or really 
If you want to just comment on any of the millions of stories that we had up over the last week, please do so. I love that's why we have a comment section to hear from you. You can also call the major spoilers hotline at 785-727-1939. Or what I would love for you to do is join us Friday afternoon at 3.30 for Finally Friday. It's our live streaming show that we do. And it's essentially a way to celebrate the end of the week and have you call us and interact. Call me or whoever's on the show that week and talk about your thoughts. What's on your mind about anything in comics and pop culture and uh, and just have a have a little talk about that. We've had some great callers over the last couple of weeks. And we want more of you to be involved. Finally, Friday, it's at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. It's the last hour or so before you have to go home from work unless you're on the West Coast. But then it's like right after lunch and you're tired anyway, so you might as well participate. Mm-hmm. Finally, Friday, you can find it over at Major Spoilers. You can also find that at our at our uh, YouTube channel, Major Spoilers Video. Also, Twitter, you can follow me at Major Spoilers. You can follow Rodrigo at Fearsome Critter. You can follow Matthew at Mighty King Cobra. If you want yeah. even more contact with us, we have an e- uh, we have an email newsletter that goes out every week. Go over to Major Spoilers, get a free bonus tracks episode. Everybody likes free, free bonus tracks episode of Star Wars: A New Hope, and sign up for our newsletter. We don't spam you. In fact, the last probably month, I haven't sent out any newsletters. Mm-hmm. It's going to change. Yeah. So sign up for the weekly newsletter. Find out what's going on at Major Spoilers and uh, all that good stuff, gentlemen. I think we have pretty much talked talked our way. Out of San Diego Comic-Con coverage, at least for now. Yes. There was so much stuff that'll still be coming out. I mean, movie trailers are still coming out. Hobbit trailers out. uh, Max uh, Fury Road. uh, Mad Max Fury Road trailer came out, which looks crazy. um, Crazy insane. Uh, Guillermo del Toro joint. So Guillermo del del Toro. Listening to an interview with him. Check this out. He painted uh, the highway markers in Wichita, Kansas one summer when he was younger. Wow. Yeah. And cool. and it's interesting because then there is a short film that came out. I think he was a producer on called Wichita or it took place in like 1867, Wichita, something like mm-hmm. that. But it's it's just funny. He's like, yeah, I spent this uh, summer in Wichita just painting roads. Wow. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. And I haven't found any other proof, you know, any other any other stories beyond just what he said there in that interview. So that was pretty crazy. So I thought I would share that with you. But yes, his uh, Crimson. What is it called? Crimson House Crimson or something? Crimson Peak. Crimson Peak. That's it. Is that it? Yeah, Crimson that Run. looks. That looks pretty creepy. And then, of course, Strain is coming on to, uh, is it Fox? Uh, oh, there was a Flash. F- I think it's FX. It made it's FX. The Flash yeah. trailer, the, the latest trailer that they sent out looked yeah. awesome. There were like that tons of, so good. there were tons of nods to DC stuff, like a Gorilla Grodd reference was made in there. Uh, Barry Allen a reference was made in there. Um, it, it just looked really cool. Uh, Constantine, new trailer out for it. Uh, what else? So many things. Go check them out. Majorspoilers.com. We will be back next week to talk about comics. In fact, with Guardians of the Galaxy coming out this week and next week, we're going to look at one of the Guardians of the Galaxy trades. Why? Because we know that you love comics. We do, too. We will talk with you soon. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. If you have questions or comments, feel free to send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. You can follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at Majorspoilers. Like us on Facebook and share your thoughts about comic books and pop culture by using the comment section on any post at Majorspoilers.com. If I had the X-ray vision of a Superman, I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, they kicked my butt out on the corner. 
What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. With a thick fat bad way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm star raving rich like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline But would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Shot up in a fine be in the middle east with a king santo and soldier what a major spoiler what a major spoiler yeah 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 what a major spoiler wow 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 what a major spoiler major spoilers is copyright 2014